Welcome to Food Friends. I'm Carrie. And I'm Sonia. We met in Los Angeles over 15 years ago as private chefs and haven't stopped talking about food since. We created Food Friends to share our stories and recipes with each other and you. We're so glad you're here. Have you ever wished that you had a go-to salad that was fresh, crunchy, and satisfying? Hey, it's Carrie, and I admit that salads aren't my first choice when I'm thinking about what to cook. But in this episode, Sonia reminded me of how incredible a winter salad can be, especially when it's served with the rich comfort foods that we crave during these cold winter months. So what does it take to make a crave-worthy salad? We break down the different layers of flavor and texture by describing five of our favorite winter salad combinations. I'm honestly so grateful for Sonia, who is truly the queen of salads because this episode has me excited to get into the kitchen and make all of these stellar combinations. Keep listening to hear more. Hi, Sonia. Hi, Carrie. Sonia, I'm not excited for this episode. (laughs) Oh, Carrie, I'm really excited, as you probably can imagine, because I don't – I just am obsessed with salads. Did I ever tell you that when I was a little kid – I was known for asking for seconds of salad. Oh my God, who are you? <laughs> I I don't love salads. I just don't. Really? I don't. Can we get psychological here? Is this because of some like childhood iceberg tyranny that was inflicted on you? No. Listen, it's winter. We're talking about winter salads today. And I don't want to eat cold things in the winter, really. Mm-hmm. I, I obviously grew up in the Midwest, but I do live in Los Angeles. And it is mostly nice weather here all the time. But it's been raining this week. I'm cold. My feet are cold. And again, like the rest of the country is buried in snow and all kinds of things. But we just have rain and it makes me cold. So I don't want to eat a cold salad. I want like a warm soup instead. And I want that warm soup with a really fresh salad on the side. I I want a salad all year round. And I have to tell you, as much as I love summer salads, I kind of maybe love winter salads just a little tiny bit more. So I'm really excited to hear the kinds of salads you are making, even as a salad. What's the word? Like a salad skeptic? Salad resistant. I'm salad resistant. But I love coming to you in this place. Place because I know how much you love them. And it, it's almost like a barrier. Once I get over this like little wall, then I do enjoy them. And there are salads that I like. And it's one of those things that I just don't go to. That's not like my go-to thing. So that's why this space really kind of stretches me out and expands me into thinking, okay, like here's some salads to think about. And actually I have a kind of top of the moment idea that I need to run by you. So we're going to a friend's house for dinner and these are very, very good old friends and our kids are friends and we're friends and we cook together. So I'm going to their house, but we're all cooking dinner together and we're doing kind of an Italian feast. Mm. So I'm sort of taking some notes from some of our past episodes. I'm doing a chicken parm and then we're doing a pasta dish. But one of the things I actually have a lot of in my fridge right now is a lot of cabbage. I have this really beautiful purple Napa cabbage that I was thinking about making a salad with. And my thought went to Caesar, right? My first thought was this is the place for a great radicchio Caesar because radicchio right now is at its peak and it's so purpley and beautiful. And if you're getting it from the farmer's market, not just the grocery store, it doesn't tend to be as bitter. 
And when you have like a creamy Caesar dressing, it tastes so good. But I was thinking, okay, she has Napa. Does the Caesar profile work? And I think it does. I have Napa. And then I also have a couple of other, I have like a Savoy in there and a green cabbage. I think I could mix them. You know, those Napa leaves are kind of hermed, right? They're sort of wavy. The leaves are sort of soft. And then the ribs, you can cut those out and then kind of cut them really small. So it's like sort of leafy and then sort of crunchy. I love a salad that has multiple textures. Yeah. What I would do in this case, I would shred all my cabbages. I would shred them because especially the Napa, it has those wrinkly leaves, but it has pretty thick, juicy stalks. Like they're a little moisture. Yeah. Yeah. So I would shred everything super fine, just with a knife. Like you don't have to use a mandolin or anything. And then I would- I won't. I won't. I know you use a mandolin. I would get a tremendous amount of pecorino or parm or both and grate that and make your Caesar however you like to make your Caesar. And then I think the other key piece to this is instead of a crouton, I would take some bread. I know you're not going to like this because it involves maybe getting your food processor out, but I think if you made a breadcrumb, a homemade breadcrumb, and you toasted that, made it garlicky like you would with a panko, and you could just use a panko instead of a homemade breadcrumb. Well, I'm going to have the panko out because I have the chicken parm. I know. But, like said, said, but if you're gonna, if you can like maybe think about a breadcrumb in this case, I'll tell you why. Because like if it's a piece of sourdough bread from your fridge, like a great bub and grandma slice, yeah. sorry from your freezer, yeah. and you put that into little rough breadcrumb pieces that aren't so fine, and you toast yeah. that up with butter Stuck. and garlic, that on that salad is it's gonna add all the texture that you might be missing in the softer napa, yeah. and it's but it's not gonna be as like bulky as a crouton. Okay, first of all, thank you. That's a great idea, and I love. Of this textural component. This is a place for me to really improve in my cooking because, you know, I like shortcuts, but sometimes I take shortcuts at the expense of my culinary delight. So like I wouldn't necessarily get out the food processor had I not had this conversation with you, but to sort of pulse piece of bread or a couple pieces of bread into making these rough croutons. So sounds so delicious. It's like, okay, that's worth it. I came across an idea. Have you ever frizzled a caper? Yes. Ooh, that's fun. That's a great touch too. With this heavy chicken and then I'm going to make like a creamy pasta on the other side of it. Having a salad that is crunchy and then caper. I love a caper. So I think much. you could frizzle your capers and then toast your breadcrumbs in the same pan. The same pan. Okay. With some garlic. And I think that would be so yummy. Okay. Well, that's Ooh, like- that sounds so good. I want that for dinner. Black mark number one of this can conversation. Can I come? Can I fly I'm down? Not- I think I can make it there in time if I catch a flight in the next you hour. You go now. Yes. <laughs> if, if I leave the house now. If you come now. All right. I know you have multiple great ideas. I have so Maybe. many that Help I have to control me. myself. It's not, I wouldn't say they're all great ideas. Ideas, but I have so much to talk about because I love this topic so much. But you know, when we were thinking about this episode, what came to mind was actually something you and I made together, as often it does. It's not just because we're recording this podcast. I have to say, like, there's just so many times where I'm like, yeah, where oh, yeah we Carrie, together. and I did that, or I want to make this. Oh, yeah, Carrie told me about it once, or we made it together. So there was this brunch that you and I catered for one of your friends and clients, like someone who's both a friend and a client. Yeah. And it was such a fun brunch. And I think it was in February. In 
LA. So it was winter, but sunny and sort of that perfect LA time of year. And we made this beautiful spread and so much of it was produce. We had bagels and lox and like smoked fish, but we also had all the shaved vegetables to go with the bagels and lox. And then we had berry plates with cashew cream. But we made this one salad that I took a picture of. I remember I posted it because it was so stunning. And it was just all the different kinds of citrus. Their peels from the outsides cut off, you know, when you cut around and then cut into rings so that they don't have peels, but they're in those rings. And then we showered it with mint and pomegranate. And I don't even know if we dressed it with anything because I don't think it needed it. And citrus just in the early parts of the year is so incredible. It's so incredible. Yes. I took that salad and it's lasted with me for a long time. And of course, a citrus salad is not a new concept. And I don't know that I'm going to bring something that radically new to the table. But what I make a lot this time of year, especially now that all the citrus is out, is I get one of each. So I'll get blood orange, a caracara, an interesting tangerine or mandarin, some kumquats, like a mix of citrus. And then I get a big head of fennel. I slice the fennel on a mandolin, super paper thin. I toss it in lemon juice so it doesn't brown. Then I do rounds of citrus stacked with the fennel. And then I like to top it with toasted pistachio and pomegranate if I can get it, like a chopped toasted pistachio because pistachio has like this really yummy sweetness to it that I think goes so well. Yeah, and it has that like fatty bite. And it's that fatty bite and that texture. And then I make a dressing with whole grain Dijon mustard, apple cider vinegar, a little bit of maple syrup, and olive oil, salt and pepper. It's like tangy and mustardy and sharp. And then like the fennel and the citrus and the pistachio. I think it just works really well. So bright, lightens up the table. I'm so glad you reminded me of that brunch because yes, that was one of my clients and I brought you in to come help me. I very specifically remember how beautiful that salad was and how beautiful the platters that you made that day. I think that was kind of in the moment when you were really pitching me the idea of a mandolin. I think after that party (laughs) was when I bought my mandolin. Cucumbers were shaved perfectly and And the fennel, the onions and the fennel was shaved so perfectly and I was like, okay, I hear you. Now I can really see it because it was such a stunning display. This was one of my ideas too, is this idea of crunchy things with citrus, right? All the different colors of citrus and then something crunchy like fennel or celery. It's like a sweet bite with like a crunchy, I don't even know if you call it savory. It's just like not sweet bite. I don't even make a dressing for these. I just get whatever nice olive oil is kind of in the back of my cupboard that was a gift maybe. Like a reserved olive oil. Yeah, like a reserved olive oil that someone gave me as a gift that I don't cook with, but I save for something like this where you really taste the flavor of it. And I think this is a place where you can do cheese or no cheese, like the Pecorino Papato I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, which is like a salty Pecorino, but it has peppercorns in it. Yeah. Black peppercorns. So it has a bite to it. And then you have endives or a radicchio with citrus, like if you play all the sweet, salty, bitter off each other. And then you have, if you add the endive or the radicchio, it's like it adds some of that leafiness that kind of gives that a little bit of heft, I think. Yeah, I think there's also something that we're getting at here that I'm realizing, which is the thing about a winter salad. So like in summer, it's so easy. You don't have to do anything. You cut up a tomato, it's a salad. <laughs> yes, you know, exactly. you There's just so much produce. It's at its peak. You 
can do the most basic salad and it will be good. And the thing about winter is almost finding what are the jewels of the season and then coaxing it out, really setting the stage for making the most of what you have. So I do think winter salads take a little more thought, but I think the flavors that you get in winter that you don't get as much in summer are these more, it's almost like the flavors are more extreme in some way. In summer, you get a lot of sweet, fresh. In winter, you get bitter, citrusy, punchy, sharp, radish, right? And then you get really super, super earthy sweet, which is different than a tomato sweet when you get like a carrot or a beet. It's totally different than summer produce and summer fruit and vegetables. There's such an abundance in the summer. We talk about that just everything is kind of overflowing. And, And then we come into winter and to your point, it does require a little like one more thought step in the thought process. And, you know, one of the things that came up for me when I was thinking about a citrus salad is also mixing in things that you might not think to mix in, like kiwi. And then like, you know, citrus, kiwi, pomegranates, if you can find them, all these great flavors mix really well together with a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, and you're kind of ready to go. I did want to add one more idea that came up when you mentioned the pistachios. There was a recipe I cooked a few years back. It was more of like a chicken thigh with cashews recipe, but they made sriracha cashews, which is something I've kind of taken from that recipe and used in other spaces. Basically, take a bowl, put some cashews in, put a little bit of sriracha over top, add a tiny bit of salt and maple syrup or honey, and roast those in the oven. Your cashews get really toasty and spicy and a tiny bit sweet. And then in any of these salads with, you know, fruit, the citrus, and the fennel, and the celery, and thinly sliced apples, you add in a nut like that and it just elevates the whole thing. I love that. That's so smart. Okay, Sonia, my next idea actually comes from years ago. I used to make this for almost every client when I was cooking at the time, like five days a week, I was making this salad. And it's basically four ingredients, okay? Arugula, radicchio, feta, and dates. Oh, you're speaking my language. And every client would ask for this salad. And so it was just those ingredients, you know, the green arugula, the red radicchio, the feta, which is salty, and then the dates, which are like sweet and sticky. And I would just toss the greens with a little bit of lemon and olive oil, and it was so simple. So I still make that salad, but in the last few years, I've discovered an ingredient that we talk about a lot here, farro. And so I like to I like to mix some farro into that, and it makes it a it's much like a heartier. Meal. It's a yeah. meal. And that's like a salad I can totally get behind. Something that's got chew to it, that's got this spiciness but some lightness with the greens and the salty feta and the sweet dates. This is again incorporating the things we're talking about. You're maximizing what's available in winter. You're making something colorful. You're making something that has nuttiness, bitter. The arugula is nutty and green. The radicchio is a little bitter and colorful. The dates add the sweetness that balances it out. And then you have that sharp feta that makes it so satisfying. And then you add like a hearty, again, nutty flavor with the farro. And then citrus for acid. So you have salt, fat, acid. You have yeah, it all going all on. Yeah. It's such a complete meal. And it reminds me of a salad that I started sort of making a few years ago, but also a version of which we made at the deli too. I think celery is really underrated as a oh, salad yeah. ingredient. I think we've talked about this before. And I also think kohlrabi is an underutilized yes. vegetable. Especially and in the winter, because it will also last forever in your fridge. It lasts forever. And in the deli, we use kohlrabi like very paper thin slices 
spices on our bagel sandwiches in the winter because oh, we wow. didn't have tomatoes. We kept right. everything seasonal. So I really fell in love with kohlrabi then and I've been really incorporating it's so it. sweet too. In the winter, it's so sweet. Yeah. So I left taking celery, cutting it on the bias, not a mandolin. Not too thick, not too thin, but just like little pretty slices of celery. So it's like there's yes. a nice bite, mouthful. Yeah, like a quarter inch thick. And then I like julienning some kohlrabi, but you could do this just with celery. And in fact, in the deli, we just did a celery salad. And then I add chopped dates and I like to add chopped toasted almonds, but oh. also hazelnuts work really mm. well in this. Those hazelnuts you guys have in Oregon are incredible. We have them here. So I like to use them. And yes. then I also like to add a feta sometimes. And then this is another one where I do like a mustard vinaigrette and just that celery flavor, the sweetness of the kohlrabi, the sweetness of the dates, the nuts. The t- it's a real crunchy salad. It like lasts yes. in the fridge for a couple days. It kind of softens, but not in a bad way. Well, the word that keeps coming up for me, despite all of my whining about how I don't like salad, is, <laughs> is satisfying, right? Mm-hmm. Like this, a satisfying salad, having all these different textures and having some richness with the cheese or richness with the dates, all these kind of surprises that... I think, you know, you asked me like, have I, did I have some kind of like traumatic salad experience in my childhood? (laughs) I think there might be something to that. I think there's a little bit of just these sort of sad, wilty iceberg experiences or something. And I think what we're talking about is a satisfying salad. There's a lot going on. I don't know. I just think salads, there's so much more you can do with them than certainly than the way that I grew up. So like growing up, we ate a tremendous amount of salads, but there was also sort of a category of like cooked salads salads made from cooked vegetables. They're not mm-hmm. served hot. They're served cold. I mean, potato salad is a is a salad made from a cooked vegetable. Right. But like in Russian and Ukrainian and Soviet culture, like when you have a meal, like a gathering, there's a real tradition of having a first course of what's called zakuski, like little plates of things. And often that's things like marinated mushrooms and olives and smoked fish. And it also usually includes little salads as well. Like, so that's your first course. And then you have a soup course and then you have your entree and then you have dessert. Wow. And that is how my grandmother served meals every time we got together. Even on like a regular day, we always started with the salad course. And the salad course was always more than one salad. So I sort of fell in love with all these. And it, and of course, where they lived, like they didn't have lettuce year round. In fact, there was lots of produce they couldn't even get. So things right. that they had were things like beets and then turned that into a salad or Russian potato salad, salad Olivier, salad de boeuf. It's like a classic we've talked about here before. So, That's where I fell in love with salads because it was so much a part of my upbringing from a very, very young age. The idea that's coming to mind for me as a parent of a child who's trying to get Mac to eat as many vegetables as I can and to try as many things as I can get him to try is that was normalized for you, right? That was like what it was when you went to your grandmother's house was this spread of choices and colors and textures and this first course of salad and preserved things. And then you move into a soup course and then an entree and then you end with a dessert. And, you know, listen, my son is about to turn eight. He's constantly, the minute we sit down, he goes, are we having dessert tonight? There's a part of me that is always struggling with, I'm trying to get us to focus on what we're eating 
cooking. We believe in dessert at our house, but it's like almost like you could count on that when you sat down to that meal. Well, and also for better or worse, we just never had the option to be picky. It's how we were raised. Mm. Like that wasn't up for conversation. Yeah. And so our parents never fed us different things from what they were eating. It was sort of, if you want to eat, this is what we're eating. I also want to say like, I'm not judging people who have kids who are really picky. Like it could also be just the way I was born. I'm lucky. I remain not a picky person. I don't think that's true of every person who grows up in an environment like mine, you right. know? I just don't want anyone to feel bad. And also kids go through stages. So there have been times when Mac will eat anything I put in front of him. And then there are stages when he eats nothing I put in front of him. And I have the great benefit of having been a personal chef for a long time and watched many, many kids and many, many families. And so it's like I have that benefit of perspective. And so Amazing. when I don't take it as personally because I'm like, oh, it's going to sort out at some kids go in developmental stages. I think what you when you laid out the dinner at your grandmother's house, it gave me such an image of these like stages of a meal. And people obviously don't eat that way every day. But what a nice way to spend time with family. Yeah. Okay, Sonia, I have a totally different kind of salad that I want to pitch to you. Okay. So last year, I cooked for a yoga retreat. It was about this time last year. It was in February. And and I cooked all weekend. And as everyone was getting ready to leave and drive back to Los Angeles, I made one final item. And it was this really cool salad I found from this writer. I actually love her recipes, Sola L. Whaley. Yeah, she was big on Bon Appetit. She started on the Bon Appetit test kitchen. And then she ended up over at the Times where she's been really popular. But she's incredible. She's an incredible recipe developer and writer. She's a lot of great videos too, which I enjoy watching. But she came up with this salad, which it's called the quinoa and broccoli spoon salad. And putting the word spoon in the title was what grabbed my attention. And I was like, what does that mean? And it's essentially like a chopped salad, right? And it's a salad that you chop everything finely up and eat it with a spoon instead of with a fork. Oh, I love that. And in the winter, especially now that I own a mandolin, I'm shaving a lot of carrots and apples. But this salad has apple in it, but you chop them up into bite-sized pieces along with sharp cheddar, broccoli, and- Raw broccoli? Raw broccoli, chopped very finely. Okay. um, Toasted pecans, really nice toasted pecans, but then you chop them into smaller pieces. Oh, and then there's cranberries and you add some quinoa to it, which again, it's not one of my favorite flavors on its own. (laughs) I think quinoa is kind of like- You don't like the flavor of quinoa? I don't love the flavor of quinoa. Interesting. I didn't know that. I mean, if I have a choice- I'd rather have farro because it has Uh like this nutty, roasty, toasty flavor. And quinoa is just more like bitter to me. Would you agree with that assessment? It's so interesting because I think of quinoa as pretty neutral tasting, but I know what you mean. It It has has, a flavor though. It is its own little sharpness. It's not quite bitter. Maybe there's a subtle bitterness. But with the mix of things, because there's so much going on and what you're describing too is kind of one of my favorite categories of salad, which is chopped salads. Yeah, it's a chopped salad. It's like the way you construct a salad whether you're using a mandolin, whether you're shredding something, it changes the flavor of the vegetables, how you're cutting them. Absolutely. And the other thing when we'll definitely link to this recipe, but one of the other things she describes is the punchy vinaigrette. Mm. And it's nothing revolutionary. It's like lemon, Dijon, and um, apple cider vinegar with a little bit of olive oil. But that salad needs something to punch and elevate all of those flavors and really marry them together. So at this retreat, I made this salad on the the second to last day. And I bought a bunch of reusable, I bought a few reusable containers and I put it in the reusable container. And then I sent everyone home with this salad 
and including myself. And the retreat was just a short couple of hours from Los Angeles. And so I remember driving home in my car, eating this salad with a spoon. And it was just like so delicious. And, you know, we talk a lot about the gift to our future self, right? Mm -hmm. Like that we, when we put things into the freezer and we save them. And this was just such a great salad that I had made the day before. And then I sent everyone off with this great lunch as they drove home, including myself. This is such a great make ahead idea because also it's totally, obviously you can riff on this. You can add whatever vegetables you like, but you're basically saying a chopped salad with quinoa and a very simple Dijon vinaigrette. And apple is a good must ingredient because it adds that sweet crunchiness that probably ties it all together. But it sounds like you could add cheese. You could add nuts. This one has sharp cheddar, little chunks of sharp sharp cheddar cheddar cheddar. in it. Yeah. So it's like the apple and the cheddar go really well together. The broccoli and the cranberries go together. The pecans add that crunchy bite to it. I think I have to make this like immediately. It's delicious. I, I love this as like a meal prep, take on a trip or take yeah. on an airplane. And it's it sounds perfect. All right. I have one more salad that I think also is a great thing to make ahead and then just th- like assemble and dress at the last minute. And it's a salad that you and I made together. Like I'm pretty sure you found this recipe because you're the one who finds recipes. I don't find them. <laughs> And I think we've talked about it one other time. We talked about it on some episode. Maybe it was the potluck one or something like that because it is such a great salad for entertaining and can all be like prepared ahead of time. But it comes from Alyssa Clark and it's a spinach salad with roasted sweet potatoes that you roast ahead of time. You can chill them. You can serve them at room temp. And then it all comes together in this amazing yogurt dressing that I'm obsessed oh with. Yeah. And I kind of like it because so far we've all the winter salads pretty much don't need anything other than lemon and olive oil or a Dijon vinaigrette. We've talked about that. Like I think both of us, every single salad is like lemon yes. and olive oil or Dijon vinaigrette. Yeah, and exactly. What I love about this is it's like a departure from that. Now we're bringing in the yogurt and I use this kind of dressing over and over. You use like a whole milk yogurt, plain yogurt, like a European style is great and lemon juice. And then a tremendous amount of chopped herbs. So you can do oh, chopped yeah. dill, chopped parsley, I think is in the recipe, but you could also do mint or all three. And then yeah. grated garlic that goes straight in and then some olive oil. And then that with like, like spinach is kind of very flavorful for, it's yeah. way more flavorful and than lettuce. And delicate. Yeah. But the spinach holds up really well in a salad. That spinach with the sweet, already caramelized, roasted, cubed small, like you cube them really small, sweet potato. Yeah. And this yogurt dressing. And then the final like PS de resistance that she has you add is a roasted chickpea. Oh my so, gosh. I forgot about this salad. It's a great one to re- to remind me of. Right? Because it has yes. everything. It has dark leafy yes. greens, a roasted root vegetable, protein. That's sweet, right? That's sweet, protein. protein. That's nutty and crispy. And then a creamy dressing. And yes, it's, it's creamy one of- dressing that has like ranch vibes, right? It's like it's ranch ranchy. Because it's like herby and a little garlic, but you want creaminess to kind of bring all that stuff together. And it's ranch vibes, but much more acidic and brighter, tangy because of the yogurt. And yeah, you have to roast chickpeas and sweet potatoes, which you can do at the same time. And so yeah, Yeah. that's a step. But you can make those like kind of days ahead of time and just assemble them whenever you need it. And it's also a great meal prep thing. Like if you I was just about to say you brought up the meal prep with my spoon salad, but this is exact this is a beautiful meal prep meal that you could do on a weeknight or a Saturday afternoon or friends over for brunch on Sunday. Like what a great idea. And people lose their minds over the salad. Yeah. It's like one of those 
those dishes where every time I've served it, everyone asks for the recipe. Well, also I think about, you know, I haven't made the salad for a really long time, but when, as you're describing it, it's that deep orange flesh of sweet potatoes against baby spinach green, right? And then the white, the white creamy dressing and then all these crispy chickpeas. Like, I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's really a most of the year salad. It works Uh, in fall, winter, and spring. I'm, I don't know about you, Carrie, but I'm feeling really inspired. I feel like excited about salads right now. Have you sort of had a a different feeling about salads after this? I have a different feeling. I feel like I've pushed through my barrier of resistance against a winter salad and I feel excited. I think, you know, it helps to talk this out because again, this isn't really where I normally go to, but reminded me of, for instance, this really great spoon salad from last year and this really easy radicchio, arugula, feta dates, like you can run through the grocery store and pick up those items and have a great meal when you get home. And a rotisserie chicken, what more do you need? You That's know? like per- a perfect meal. And also I sort of want to challenge you because for someone who doesn't love salads, I feel like some of the best salads I've had were made by you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I think, again, it's one of those things that I'm still processing a little bit having been a personal chef is I love to cook and I love to cook for other people. But do I do that for myself is like the other question. I've had clients say to me, you make one of the best salads I've ever had. And then one of like the richest, amazing brownies at the end of the meal. But I need to find a little bit more of the gear of doing that all for myself. It's such an important distinction. It is different when we're cooking for clients or for guests than when we're cooking for ourselves. And it doesn't need to be. It doesn't. There is something about making the special meal for yourself. You know, I used to be the kind of person who wouldn't wear my favorite sweater because I'd want to save it for a special occasion. And I remember this one teacher just really said like, don't ever wait to use the special thing. All we have is the moment. And I think the same thing applies to recipes. It's like the recipes don't have to be saved for a special occasion. We can make them for ourselves. And that little extra care in the moment, which is all we have, just can turn your whole day around. Like that spoon salad, I know would make my day so much better better if I had that in my fridge. Yeah, it's worth it, right? We're worth it. This is a sweet, this took a turn I didn't expect, but I'm here for it. Same, same. All right. Well, we're going to go make spoon salad this weekend, right? Right away. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being our food friend. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe, leave us a review and share this episode with friends. We love hearing from you, so follow us on Instagram or drop us a line at foodfriendspodcast.com. Yes, we'd love to hear from you and your food friends. Happy cooking and eating. Bye.